Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. What makes them industry giants? Get ready to take a peek inside and learn their secrets of success. This is Silicon Valley Insider, the show that demystifies the valley and helps to elevate your business to the next level. Now, your host for Silicon Valley Insider, Keith Koo. Welcome to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo, and today I'm joined by the CEO of Gapify, Jotham Tai. Welcome, Jotham. Hi, Keith. This week's tech news is a follow-up to some of the stories I've been reporting on. First up is I mentioned how in what's suspected as an act of industrial espionage uh, through a company being hacked, uh, Supermicro, a server provider to companies like Amazon and Apple, that they somehow had a chip the size of a grain of rice implanted on their motherboards where whoever owned the chip could steal information, control the computer, et cetera. Now, what's significant is all these companies deny that that happened, and Tim Cook actually went out of his way to demand a retraction, which is the first time in history that Apple's demanded a retraction. What I find interesting is that the words used, Apple specifically stated that they've never seen this type of chip that was reflected in the Bloomberg article. But in another story I did, we talked about how an Israeli and American former heads of security for the Mossad and the CIA both said they found the same evidence of hacking, just not necessarily in a rice-sized chip. In other news, Anthem, which had one of the largest data breaches in history, agreed to pay $16 million in fines. And Yahoo, which had the largest data breach in history with billions of email accounts hacked, agreed to pay a $50 million fine. And if you're a blockchain engineer, I have good news for you. You now equal artificial intelligence engineers for being the highest paid engineers, on average between $150,000 to $175,000 a year, and much more if you happen to be in the Silicon Valley. So for those interested in learning more about software development, you should listen to my podcast on School 42, the Free Software Coding Academy. And that's the news of the week. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Q, And again, I'm joined with Jotham Tai, who's the CEO of Gapify. And I want to spend just a minute on some context. So this month, we've been doing a lot of shows on artificial intelligence or AI. We had Bina Amanath, who's the head of Hewlett Packard Enterprises Innovation for AI, Data, IoT, and Blockchain. And she was talking about how she founded a nonprofit called Humans for AI. And that's because there's a lot of concern that all you hear in the news about artificial intelligence is that artificial intelligence is going to take over the world. And whether it's going to be the Terminator and Skynet or whether it's just simply going to take away your accounting job, that's what people are concerned about. So Bina's nonprofit actually addresses those concerns and helps retrain people. Then last week, we had Professor Gary Smith of Pomona College, also formerly of Yale, who wrote a book called The AI Delusion. And although it sounds like he's anti-artificial intelligence, he was really trying to make the point that artificial intelligence is great for a lot of things, but he doesn't believe it's actually going to be that Terminator Skynet view of the world. 
So today we have Gapify, which is putting these concepts into practice. It is a company founded by Jotham Tai that is really, how do you make typical accounting tasks, turn them into what we call bots, and where the people who are trained as accountants get to actually manage those bots. Am I correct, Jotham? That's correct. And a little more background on Jotham is this isn't his first rodeo. Jotham had a very successful consulting firm back during the Sarbanes-Oxley days. And for those of you who are new to what's called SOX, back in when Enron got, or in essence blew up for financial irregularities, Sarbanes-Oxley was a regulation enacted by the government in order to ensure that companies' accounting was actually truthful and accurate and followed regulatory guidance. And Jotham's original consulting from around that um, addressed those issues. That's right. And what it really allowed us to do is to break apart all the day-to-day accounting processes. And obviously, the focus was on compliance. Uh, But in order for us to understand what the accounting was behind the compliance, we had to actually sit down with uh, accounts at all levels, whether you're a junior account or controller, and understand end-to-end processes. And that's what makes it really interesting. It makes me a little bit jealous because back at the time of Enron, and then shortly thereafter, I I left Cisco to go to a a really um, well-known Israeli company, Mercury Interactive, that eventually got acquired by HP. And uh, we were the second company, all public information, we were the second company to be hit with backdating of stock options. And one of our consulting firms that worked with us then are what's known as the company Workiva now. And Workiva is this giant in the regulatory space for financial reporting. And that's kind of where I think about how you started off in the consulting world and now are moving into these bots for accounting. Right. And I think companies like Workiva and others that are out there, we all see the same thing. Uh, we see accountants stuck doing spreadsheets you know, for over half of their days. Um, they're sending emails, they're rolling forward spreadsheets, copying and pasting, uh, doing pivot tables. And, you know, we at Gapify believe that that's not what we accounts are, are meant to do. That's not why we went to school and got our accounting degrees or got our CPAs. <laughs> that's so funny because the stereotype is that the accountant becomes an accountant to sit behind a desk, crunch numbers, uh, and now work on Excel spreadsheets. And so you're actually trying to turn that paradigm on its head. That's exactly right. And, you know, obviously it's a significant challenge because over the last couple of decades, uh, we've grown so accustomed to being the owners and you know, the people maintaining these spreadsheets. Now with the um, introduction of AI technologies and the bots that we're introducing to the market, we want to leave the bots to do all the day-to-day mundane spreadsheet tasks. And we want accountants to go back and, and be strategic and review transactions, analyze data. And, and again, that's something that isn't often tacked to an accountant. Now, certainly as you rise up the ranks, there's chief accounting officers, there's corporate controllers, uh, and you, your career might end up as a chief financial officer. But this thought that accountants can be strategic, when we talk about artificial intelligence, Elon Musk and others, it's all about how AI is going to not just take over the world, but going to put us in the space. It's going to be very transformative, all these things. And uh, what you're saying is that, well, let's start off with not so strategic in that area, but how do we make the bot take over most of the general accounting tasks so that I can be more strategic? That's right. And I'm also a big fan of Elon. And I'm, you know, obviously being in the Valley, there's a lot of exciting ideas out there. But what we're focused on at Gapify is just, you know, taking tangible forms of AI 
and helping accountants get away from, you know, again, the mundane, repetitive day-to-day tasks. Uh, So spreadsheets, you know, you can program a bot to pretty much run a spreadsheet calculation and gather data from different places uh, and leave bots to do that. So, you know, accounts can go back to reviewing transactions and and analyzing transactions and data. So because I'm not as much of an accountant as I sound, this is kind of like a macro. It is. There are some forms of AI, particularly robotics process automation or RPA, uh, which runs like a macro. So uh, it records the movement in your screen. If you click on, you know, browser and type ABC, a macro, a bot can do that same thing. And, you know, that's effective in terms of processing high volume transactions. Uh, And, you know, another great way for accounts to get out of um, spreadsheets and, and boring tasks. Well, Joseph, this has been a great start to the show. Further in the show, we're going to talk about the story behind Gapify, uh, some of the early success stories with some of your really well-known customers, which we won't name. And we'll just keep talking about this trend about artificial intelligence can be practical and can be very beneficial uh, to people in regular jobs. So you're listening to Keith Koo, Silicon Valley Insider, joined by Jotham Tai, CEO of Gapify. If you have any questions or comments, email us at info at svin.biz or come to our website, svin.biz, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. I'm joined today with the CEO of Gapify, Jotham Tai. Welcome again, Jotham. Thanks for having me, Keith. So the question of the week is following up on the theme we've had throughout the month on artificial intelligence, and especially having you here, Jotham, regarding Gapify, is the question comes up again and again, can there be ethics in artificial intelligence? And why that's important, we've done a lot of shows on confirmation biases and systems called systematic biases. And these conferences I've been to, um, I was at a VC conference the last couple of days, uh, the Global Technology Symposium with some very heavy-hitting VCs, who this was just a topic that came up again and again. So the concern is, is we're programming artificial intelligence or bots, and we're trusting in them more and more. How can we ensure that since they're a reflection of humans, that they actually have ethics built into their programming? Well, I think the responsibility and the onus is on innovators like us at Gapify, and we're the ones introducing this technology for the first time to our markets. Uh, so we have to you know, bake in that, that concept that we have to deploy this technology responsibly. Uh, so you know, we can't just expect as we sell subscriptions of our bot uh, that someone you know, in HR will take on the role of you know, making sure that we comply with you know, ethical standards. I, mean, I think as we, uh, you know, integrate technologies into uh, organizations, you know, part of our job and part of our role is to make sure that um, you know people understand how Allen operates. Allen's the name of our bot, um, and also considering you know a type of potential impact culturally uh, it has on the team because you, know, you can't just uh, offer a bot and leave it with a group of accountants and you know let them kind of fend off for themselves. Uh, we have to say, well, you know, this bot will do A, B, and C. You're still going to do D and F. Um, but again, the responsibility is on us, Gapify, to to define that and make sure it's properly communicated. 
I really like how you mentioned that. So a lot of our show, we have startups on, we have large corporations on, such as IBM. Willie Tejada, who's the Senior Vice President of Developer Advocacy at IBM, he uses this term called that the engineers of a company are the unsung heroes of that company, the ones that really make the coding work. Well, it's no different in a non-engineering job. So whether you're in HR, whether you're in accounting, it's the same thing. And the same thing is that you have to be very conscious and deliberate about how you're performing your task and that if you're either programming code or if you're programming a bot through business rules, so not the engineer but the business person, the accountant, that you need to know that. And so what I like about Gapify, because we've been talking a lot about moonshots, sending artificial intelligence, sending, sending people to the moon, sending people to Mars, is that testing on a regular task like accounting, you're going to get early feedback on how that's reacting um, to ethics because that person has the job, they're doing the job, and they're really touching the bot because they're the ones doing the business rules, logics to put into it. Right. And you know, overall for us, we're a big proponent of making sure that the accounts that we service or the accounts that we offer Allen to understand how, how it works. Uh, this is not just some kind of black box that we, you know, hand to accountants and, you know, again, expect them to just run off and, and, and you know, do their normal day to day. We want accountants to control Allen. We want accountants to configure Allen. And there's a lot of work that needs to go into doing that. So accounts will have to step away from their spreadsheets and understand business processes in more detail than they normally would have. Uh, so a big part of what we do uh, when we um, sign on a new customer is we put accountants into you know bot boot camps and bot trainings. We really want them to you know to own um, managing Allen, uh, which we see as an extension of the accounting team. Yeah, it's funny the the uh, global technology symposium I was just at, run by Sasha Johnson. Uh, this came up on a panel that talked about education, and why I'm going to talk about that is there's the argument, you know, this this thought that Americans are innovators and you know, other countries of the world have different education systems. They're seen more robotic or more process-oriented. Uh, and that really all of industrialized world follows a factory model. So the argument was that in our public schools, whether we're conscious of it or not, it's a factory model and we're trained for specific tasks. So in this case, trained as an accountant. You know, my, my father was trained as an accountant, ran Kaiser's pension fund before he retired. And, but, but it's the thing where I have a silo and I'm going to stay in my silo. And what I really think is important when we talk about uh, whether it's being an Amanoff at HP about humans for AI or Gary talking about the AI delusion, it's understanding that don't be stuck in your silo. And that's what I really like about Gapify is that this concept that even if I was trained as an accountant, I can now touch technology in a way that that's not coding. We're not developing in a coding language, but it is a sense programming because I'm using a tool, I'm configuring the tool, and I'm seeing the output, I can see how my um, interaction with the application like Gapify and its bots will then result in a tangible benefit. Right. Keeping in mind also that we're in a day and an age where we don't sell, businesses just don't sell widgets or the same widget for the period of their, their existence. So business environments change. Um, accounts, we can't you know, just think that we're going to run that same calculation or same spreadsheet month in, month out. Uh, the environment will change, and so will the technology that they use. And it's not only their technology, but the the whole organization. Um, we're, we're all go going to have to take this uh, responsibility of understanding uh, how businesses 
grow and evolve uh, versus just, you know, hey, we're on our silo. I'm just I'm responsible for spreadsheets A, B and C. I'll see you next month. I can't be that way anymore. We have to be aware of the business partners around us and understand how everything ties in together. Yeah, business changes rapidly. Some of the other startups I talked to, not in your space, but they're all saying the same thing. Um, Business changes very rapidly and to be able to recalculate and forecast uh, how your business is going to react is uh, heavily dependent on computers. Absolutely. And technology is at the center of it. So, you know, again, us as accountants, we have to be more technology oriented. So how do people engage with Gapify? Do they come to your website? Do they go through the channel? What's your model for how people work with you? Um, so given that accountants, we all operate, you know, with the, the importance of trust and peer validation. So we get a lot of our customers through referrals, um, whether it be, you know, other consulting firms or other customers. Bot is very exotic type of technology. And, you know, until you see it and you can see how productive it is in your organization, a lot of accounts are going to be skeptical about it. Uh, so we're, we're working with different partners and different channels to, to have people help us uh, communicate, you know, what they're actually seeing on the ground with our bots, which is, you know, accounts payable teams are able to process transactions seven times faster with our bot. Um, accounts receivable able to collect on uh, accounts much quicker than, you know, by following up on emails. So uh, we're really leveraging our community to, to to help share, you know, the the great things that are going on with our bot and, uh, and Gapify. Right. So in in sense, people don't come to the Gapify website to go directly to you. They're actually going to go to a channel partner or through a referral and then find you there and get um, hands-on through a demo or through a visit. Yeah, we're not running billboards anytime soon. Um, I think the most effective strategy for us is just to tell our story uh, through our partners. And that's, you know, the way we connect with our with our industry typically. What was behind the name Gapify? Uh, so interesting story, it actually started off as Gapify with two A's, generally accept, accepted accounting principles. Um, but one of our first customers was actually um, an international company, an, a publicly traded international company. So um, you know, if you're familiar with the, the standards, Gap only applies to US. Uh, so they were under IFRS, which is the International Financial Reporting Standard. So because we wanted to be global and all-inclusive, we dropped the second A and oh, hence the name Gapify today. No, it makes sense. And that's a very common story. Uh, when I was at Cisco, it was little c. So there's actually generational difference, uh, little c to big c. And we had a change to a capital C because Oracle ERP and SAP back then didn't like lowercase c's as the first name. So once again, you're listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo, joined today by the CEO of Gapify, Jotham Tai. Gapify is an accounting bot company. Stay tuned because Jotham is going to take us through an end-to-end example. And if you're interested, you can email us at info at svi.biz to get more information. I'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider. I'm your host, Keith Koo, and I'm joined today by Jotham Tai, CEO Gapify. So for this week's privacy tip, this is more of background information. A lot of it has been in the news about DNA tests, especially in light of Senator Elizabeth Warren and her DNA results of whether she's a Native American or not. 
So what I do want to mention is that what's key in that story is that you are now able to be searched by authorities, by police, or by hackers, not just by your DNA, but by the DNA of others, especially your family. So for instance, where DNA tests might not be good for specifics about your exact genealogy, it's perfectly tuned, and we can use the artificial intelligence example to find out whether I'm related to my parents, to my children, or my cousins. And so there's been a lot of cases where even if you don't submit to a DNA test, one of your extended family members did. And because it's in a database like 23andMe, it is searchable and it can be subpoenaed. And you really can't do anything about that because you have no control over what your family members or distant relatives do. So again, this is more of something that I just want people to be cognizant about because privacy is a big matter to most people. In fact, in a recent survey of Chapman University, it was determined that out of the 100 top fears of Americans, in the top 20 was identity theft, data used by the government, and data used by hackers in a way that you didn't know about. So just continue to be vigilant, and that's the tip of the week. So once again, I'm joined with Jotham Tai, CEO of Gapify. Welcome, Jotham. Thanks for having me, Keith. So today we're talking about your company, Gapify, which has, in essence, made these accounting bots, which is whether you're trained as an accountant or not, the ability to train a bot to be your accountant. And we were also talking a lot about the concerns of losing your job or your career to technology like artificial intelligence, but how you're really empowering people to get new job skills, because now you're learning business intelligence, business rules, which will be helpful in anything, whether you're an accountant or not. You can be in HR, you can be in procurement, you can be in any sector that requires automating a task. Am I correct? That's correct. And I think you know, this is long overdue. Us accountants, we need to understand the business processes around us. Uh, we've had you know, so many years of you know, just crunching away at spreadsheets in fact, you know, I've had some customers who ha- have admitted that they don't even understand what their company sells uh, because they're so, you know, siloed. They they do one thing and you know they do the same thing next month. Uh, so, you know, with Gapify, it's really going to challenge accountants to understand what's going on around them. So, if you're someone in accounts payable, um, you may be cutting checks on a weekly basis or you know sending wires or ACHs. Uh, but you're not now going to need to know, you know, how, why are you making those payments? Where did they come from? Did they come from purchase orders? Uh, did they come from marketing with a blanket purchase order? Uh, so in order for our bots to be effective, uh, our bots can only do what it's programmed to do. Uh, it cannot factor in scenarios uh, that happen dynamically in a business environment. You know, that's where you come in as an accountant uh, to, to fill that void and we understand that the orientation of uh, how accountants were trained were you know, not designed to understand business processes, but you know, that's why we're developing programs uh, as part of you know, Gapify's product offering to make sure you, know, you get that background, you get that experience, so you know what happens you know, from the time that someone agrees to making a purchase in your company all the way to the point of payment. Just because artificial intelligence is seen as a black box to people who aren't as close to technology, I really want to break down your comment, which is we train our bots, we train our programs, humans are behind the coding of that. 
we don't yet have commander data from Star Trek or Voyager from Star Trek or the Terminator who's controlled by Skynet. We just don't have that yet. And why I'm bringing this up is that people's fears of AR generally go to that direction. But as Gary Smith said last week, it isn't there yet. And we cannot assume that artificial intelligence will ever replace common sense of people. And it's best seen in autonomous driving or autonomous vehicles because we don't yet have a level four or level five vehicle that can make all driving decisions on its own. So having said that, Jotham, take us through an example because we said in the earlier segment that most customers right now are being found through your channel, through referrals, consulting firms, accounting firms. But I think it'd be really helpful to explain to an accountant or a non-accountant, but somebody who's really interested in this technology, how they can engage and how they can get supported. Sure. Well, you know, first and foremost, the type of bots that that we have at Gapify are task-oriented bots. So they don't do strategy. Uh, They're not cognitive. They're designed to just help you uh, do spreadsheets and and send emails. Uh, So, you know, one example would be at the end of each month, uh, someone from the accounting team has to reach out to hundreds of suppliers uh, to get estimated expenses. Uh, so, you know, this is something that happens at the largest organizations out there. Um, today, these accountants send emails and they have spreadsheets. And they collect the data. Uh, they do, you know, a couple pivots, um, uh, pivot tables and VLOOKUPs uh, to get the numbers that they need. Uh, but, you know, those are programmable tasks. So, you know, bots like Alan can just step in uh, reach out to your customers or your vendors and collect the information and then run calculations based on the data that that he's getting. Uh, so, you know, there are a lot of examples like that. In fact, Alan has, you know, a couple hundred tasks along those same lines that he can help uh, corporate accountants today with. Uh, but, you know, I think part of the the um, environment that we're in today is we want, you know, we want the Skynet of, of AI to help us tomorrow, uh, which is not going to happen. You know, I like to use the example of, you know, would I rather have a bot that predicts how much water I should be using to mowing my lawn? Or do I want a bot to actually mow my lawn for me? Right. I would definitely want the latter. So it's the same thing with accounting. Uh, we want bots that just take over our tasks, like do the, you know, mow the lawns for us. Um, you know, sure, over time, strategy, um, you know, would be great for bots to do. But there's enough work out there in accounting where, you know, bots like Alan can be productive right away. And, and if you're familiar with um, email filters, email rules, anything that, like in a macro, then you're really familiar with the concept of what a bot is or can become. Exactly. It takes in many shapes and forms, um, but at the end of the day, it's designed to do one thing, those repetitive tasks that you don't want to do. So uh, without naming names, what are some of your large customers doing? What are some of the success stories that they're doing with Alan? Uh, here's one, and this is something I wish my company had as a problem. Uh, we have one particular customer, a uh, multinational. Uh, their customers tend to overpay them, uh, <laughs> and you know these are thousands of transactions each month. Uh, so their accounting team is responsible for emailing these customers and asking them what they want done with that overpayment. Uh-huh. So in the world of accounting, there's only a finite amount of scenarios. Uh, you either pay that money back, you leave it on account for a future order. Um, or you apply it to another invoice that you haven't paid yet. Um, so, you know, prior to Allen, the accounting teams would send emails and, you know, have to track who they sent emails to. And, you know, keep in mind again that this is, these are thousands of transactions each month. Uh, so with our bot Allen, 
uh, he just connects to your accounting system, figures out where the overpayments are happening, automatically reaches out to these customers and asks them what they want done with that that overpayment. So, you know, again, it's not overly sophisticated. Sure, we have to design it properly because each accounting system ecosystem uh, is different. Uh, but that's again where accountants have to transform and understand how their systems and processes work. That's a great story. Just so people know, this is a real problem that multinationals, multi-billion-dollar companies face. Um, as we've talked about, I I used to do a lot of vendor management, buying hundreds of millions, billions of dollars of stuff. And there's one particularly large software company that I won't name that I had negotiated in the contract the ability to get paid back over certain cliffs. And uh, they had, could not figure out how to pay us back because companies are used to taking money. They're not used to giving money back. Right, right. And there are even simpler examples along those lines of you know things that we see today and we're working with our customers on. You know, Again, we talk about strategic bots who can maybe predict um, you know, how much to spend for, you know, certain types of purchases and which vendors to use uh, to procure goods and services. You know, outside of that, there's the challenge of, you know, just letting budget managers know how much budget they have from their purchase orders and how much they haven't used. Uh, so, you know, these types of non-strategic tasks are, are great for bots like Alan. And, you know, I think, you know, th- there are a lot of players out there and we're all excited about the future. Uh, we're all excited about Skynet, I, I, I suppose. But, at the end of the day, there's a lot of opportunity with uh, just automating tasks through, you know, non-general AI. So take us through the training involved. How do you train somebody to do this and how long does it take in one of those examples you just gave? Well, so we're still in process of developing, uh, you know, a, a formal program. So, you know, we want to understand how accountants learn. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, the stigma, you know, we accountants are, um, you know, we, we tend to operate uh, individually, we're independent workers, so you know, we want to make sure that the training programs that we design for our industry uh, is is effective. Uh, so we're working, we're partnering with uh, companies who provide game, gamified training experiences uh, because the content is dry. So we're going to have to you know talk to the accountants that we work with to um, you know, kind of teach them how systems are generally designed, how they talk to different um, accounting systems. So you could have a, a large ERP system that talks to an expense report system and just, you know, getting them up to speed on how those mechanics work. Um, you know, there, that's a lot of detail and a lot of data. So one thing that's important for us is to share that knowledge in a uh, in an effective way. And, you know, just white papers won't, won't get us there. So what was the ROI on the company that started paying their money back, right? What was the ROI and the amount of effort that the bot could save them from in terms of labor. We haven't quantified it for that specific example, but uh, based on our pre- preliminary studies, it's seven x. So uh, if it takes you ten minutes per, you know, customer overpayment, uh, now it's taking you, you know, one or two two minutes. Yeah, and that's definitely quantifiable. That's an efficiency gain. So because um, I know people usually like we're going to is what is the actual hard dollar. But in a lot of what my consulting is, we do not just hard cost savings, but what are soft cost savings. And that's definitely a soft cost savings, which we could put in front of any CFO. And us accounts, we tend to take it a little further and you know talk about, okay, since we're doing this accurately, um, you're going to have less time spent on fixing issues and escalations. So what's the cost of that? So don't go away. We're going to wrap up our show in the next segment. We're joined by Jotham Tai, CEO of Gapify. You're listening to Keith Koo on Silicon Valley Insider. 
If you have any questions about Gapify, email us at info at svin.biz, and we'll be right back. For questions or comments on today's program, call 1-888-828-7846. That's 888-828-SVIN. Now, back to Silicon Valley Insider. Once again, your host, Keith Koo. Hey, Insiders. Welcome back to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo, joined today by Jotham Tai, who is the CEO of Gapify, a company that's revolutionizing the accounting world by creating accounting bots. Hey, Jotham. Hey, Keith. So we've had a very lively discussion, as much as you can, about the accounting world. And this really is, and we were joking that we kept our kilts at home, but in that scene from Braveheart where William Wallace screams, Freedom, right? <laughs> Can't do the Scottish accent, so apologies for that. But this is really a good question because what we find is people want automation in everything, but not when it comes to losing their jobs. And we had Bina Amanoff, HPE's head of artificial intelligence, who runs her own nonprofit trying to retrain people to be ahead of the, the curve, so to speak, in learning new job skills like artificial intelligence. We had Professor Gary Smith of Pomona College on last week on the AI delusion that AI is not going to become Skynet anytime soon. But people really want to think that they're secure in their their career before they go to automation. And I'll bring up one point, which is, and this is when China was still a developing country and had a very low wage, people would often say, oh, look at Japan. They have these $5 million automotive robots. And they're so much more efficient than China because China, the defects and the quality is really terrible. The cars are terrible. And I would say, well, that's a good point, except that in Japan, it's a small society. Uh, menial tasks want to be automated. So they'll invest $5 million in a robot. We're in, in China at the time, you could have 1,000 workers for the same price of $5 million. Not the case today, especially as they're making iPhones. But that was what it was. And I think that goes back to this automatic stereotype that artificial intelligence will take away jobs. And then the second stereotype, which is accounting is a boring, mundane field. So how are we going to tie that? How are we going to reconcile all those thoughts? I think they go, they play together really well. Uh, so we're bored of our spreadsheet jobs. What else is out there? Um, and for us, it's giving accounts the option to train up and understand how to leverage and actually control our bot technology I'm sure this is a brand new area and we're creating, you know, training content for, uh, you know, to help the industry get there. But, you know, what's the alternative? Continue to stay bored and then wait until become irrelevant in our profession? Or do we take up these new skills and and take control of our destiny? And yeah, I was about to scream out freedom, but I'll save that for another show. Um, but the, the decision and we're at a crossroads, Keith, I think it's very clear to us accountants. Um, you know, we either continue plugging away on those spreadsheets or we, we evolve as a profession. Uh, and so, you know, we're very cognizant about um, our role in, this, in, in this, these exciting times. Uh, we're you know, promoting new technology that we think is going to be very effective in terms of providing value to organizations. But we get to do that also by training accountants on how to evolve as a profession. So I think we have it pretty great right now. Um, yeah, you know, this is why I believe we get a lot of support from the accounting community. So you know, we're not venture backed. Our, our investors are private individuals, CPAs, accounting managers, controllers. We all believe in the same vision. You know, we're tired of those spreadsheets. Time to learn something new. Yeah, it's funny. I meet a lot of people who said they studied accounting or studied finance and they were going to do this. And they ended up doing something completely different. They ended up in tech or whatever. They just couldn't take um, what they thought was 
this repetitive, mundane job, especially when they couldn't see strategy behind it or whether they could influence or affect their job. So in this way, you can actually apply your creativity because now you're taking your skill set and applying it to a bot. Right. And I would just like to see in the near future, you know, accountants, I mentioned this earlier, some of them don't even know what their companies, you know, sell. They don't know what the different revenue streams are. Uh, but we're responsible for these numbers. And, you know, on one hand, I, you know, get get it because I've been in the trenches before. There's so much work and you're under so much pressure to deliver numbers to your executive management team, to the SEC. So there may not be much time to, you know, learn about your business and learn new skills. But this is where automation and AI comes in. Let AI take care of the the boring tasks and, you know, you develop that that new knowledge base. So I know this question is going to come up because it just sounds like a very exciting way of liberating lots of professions. So I, I can imagine people from HR, people from other types of industries will, will call us up and say, we want Gapify. But do you have a reason why Gapify is not going to be all things to all people? Um, well, so our bot is multifunctional. So baked into our product product model is understanding that each environment is different. And Alan can be used in many ways. So he's not the traditional cloud solution. Uh, we call them point solutions where they're, you know, the task uh, is very defined and that's what your software handles. Uh, Alan is a bot multifunctional, so he can work with your accounts receivable team, your fixed asset team, or international accounting team. Um, but Alan is largely powered by a library of commands, but those commands have to be configured by the accounts that we work with who you know, will allow you to um, you know, make your experience uh, more diverse and uh, therefore get better value out of our solution. And, and I think that's why Gapify is going to stay in the accounting industry because even though we mentioned several use cases, there's literally thousands of tasks yet to be automated. I think people would be surprised how much we do um, that is extremely boring on a day-to-day basis. Uh, in fact, one of our customers here, um, actually nearby a, a large retailer, uh, we partner with their marketing team because their accounting team has forced them to take on accounting work. So, Jotham, with just the time we have left, what's the one thing you want to impart on those who want to engage with Gapify? Well, for the accounting listeners that are out there, you know, challenge yourself. Uh, this is the time for us to say, you know, no more to spreadsheets. Uh, let's learn advanced technologies like AI. Uh, and, you know, let's, no, let, let's stop being number crunchers. All right. Well, with that, I want the accountants to experience freedom. So come to either svin.biz or gapify, G-A-P-P-I-F-Y.com. And any questions or comments, emails, info at svn.biz. Thanks again for being here, Jotham. It was a great show. Thanks for having me. We'll be back next week. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Insider with Keith Koo. For questions or comments on today's program or to schedule a complimentary consultation with Keith about your business, call 1-888-828-SVIN. That's 1-888-828-7846. 888-828-SVIN. 